What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Catching Heaters. I am back here with you, your host, Matt. And as always, I'm excited to be with you today. It's been a busy couple weeks. Uh, the wife and I are moving to San Antonio, like I had mentioned in my previous episodes. And I really have been focusing in on that. I haven't had much time to really uh, record anything. So I apologize. I haven't been putting out much content, but I wanted to sit down. I really don't have uh, a set agenda for today for this episode. I just kind of wanted to go over what's been going on, what I've been uh, doing in regards to the sports card market, and then also kind of in fancy sports as well. As you can imagine, trying to uh, move from Florida to Texas, the San Antonio area, there's a lot of things that come with that. So we were out there trying to find a place and uh, get settled in. So we will be out there towards the end of July. We are both very excited for the new opportunity for us out there. And something cool, I was we were out there looking for apartments uh, to live for a year before we kind of settle in. And I had to hit the local uh, sports car shop while I was there. I don't have one here in my city of Sarasota and Florida. So it was really cool for me to check out um, a place out there. Uh, just kind of go in, see kind of what the products are that they have. Obviously, there was a, uh, a lot of stuff in there, a lot of hobby boxes of, you know, NBA, a lot of uh, MLB. They had some cool memorabilia, uh, lots of cards, um, singles and things of that nature for sale. Of course, the wife was with me, so I didn't want to drag her along and stay in there for, for too long of a period. But it was a cool experience. It's definitely going to be one of the things I look forward to with moving to a larger city is kind of having a card uh, shop in the near area. But yeah, so we had we did that whole trip. And you know, the, the bad part about it is I didn't have much time to record. But the cool thing is I had I had a lot of time to consume content while traveling. So you know, on flights and kind of driving and things of that nature. I was really just soaking up uh, as much information as I could, doing research, just enjoying the hobby from, from that side of things rather than just recording and giving my own perspective, really listening to other people's thoughts and enjoying the community. And there's so many you know, excellent and, and thoughtful insights and podcasts, different chats, discords, and it, it continues to just pull me further and further into the hobby and get me more entrenched in it. And really be happy that I got back in and uh, and enjoying it. And it shows how, how much this is spreading and how much growth the hobby is having right now. And it just goes to um, just the passion that people have for sports. And with everything happening and there is no sports, people are gravitating towards it. And it's just really cool to see. So it's, it's really entrenched me in and everything. Some of the main podcasts that I've been listening to and if you're if you're kind of new and I'm sure you've seen these or you're following them on social media um, but I just wanted to point out some of these guys content and a couple of the things that they're doing because it really uh, helps me uh, just just grow my own thoughts and processes on the hobby and uh, gives me a different perspective from what I'm personally doing and seeing that there's different areas of opportunity and different categories you can get into a um, couple of the main ones that I've, I've been following, Slapstocks is a great platform. 
uh, sports card investor is really fun to listen to. Uh, the House of Jordans team and uh, Josh with Cardboard Chronicles, um, they're really knowledgeable in the basketball realm and in the hobby overall. Um, Brett with Stacking Slabs, uh, he's doing a really great job putting out new content. Uh, sports Card Nation with John. And then, of course, uh, Dr. James Beckett. I really enjoy his insights. Um, he has those uh, quick and easy-to-consume shows uh, daily, which is really nice. And, you know, it just allows me, w- within doing my own research, to kind of bounce my ideas off of other people while listening to um, what their thoughts are and kind of just get a different um, perspective on things. I think when you're looking at some of the things that – these guys are adding to the hobby. Slab Stocks with uh, Aaron and Nate and some of the other guys on that team, they got a new website coming out uh, that's going to integrate uh, eBay uh, into their platform. And I think that that's really going to be a great feature for the hobby. It's going to be free, which is awesome. You know, putting that out there um, for people in the hobby to be able to put stuff on their platform to sell and then it's going to have the whole population of buyers and sellers on eBay, which is really cool. And I think that they're going to also have features to where you can add your own, obviously you're going to add your cards on there. You can add your collection and kind of see the value of what you have. One cool thing, I I listened to a recent interview and it kind of bounces into um, the Stacking Slabs podcast and Brett and Brett he, he does a great job. I, I know he's he's freshly new, kind of like me, and he's really been growing his platform. He's very active, and he gives really great insights. Um, really sound advice. He has a, a good perspective on the hobby overall. He doesn't get too, too much into um, what everybody else is kind of going after. He he really has his own perspective and thoughts and goes after guys that he's been researching. And, and as he says, he goes left when everybody goes right. But he did an interview with uh, Aaron from Slab Stocks. And one thing I, I found really interesting is Aaron and, and that team, they're not actually buying cards to flip and, and um, make money off of in the certain areas like basketball and baseball and football cards. Uh, they're strictly just been doing their research they were in in that realm and they learned and uh, researched and got knowledge and all the recommendations that they give out are just on uh, their experience in the hobby and what they think would be great buys and now he's doing something with soccer cards um, which piques my interest because I, I i don't own any soccer i haven't done a ton of research and he once he's done uh selling off all of his soccer collection he's gonna do another um another aspect of slap stocks um, with soccer. So that team is doing really great things. They they do a channel on YouTube, so go check them out. If you're not familiar with uh, baseball or basketball and the different card companies or who to buy, they kind of break down parallels and what you should go after. So really good stuff there. The Sports Card Investor with Jeff is it's just a really fun channel. He, he really brings the energy. He gives good perspective. I think he really just uh, puts in pers- perspective the whole hobby as a whole and uh, makes it fun. It's a, it's a great channel going over cards. He's got a market movers tool that kind of tracks uh, trends and everything. And he kind of displays that with his platform. And he's got a good members group. I'm not part of his uh, members group or anything, but I do consume his content. And I really like uh, what he puts out. It's really... 
uh, easygoing stuff and, and great advice on there. So definitely check out Sports Card Investor. It's a fun channel to, to watch. I recently um, did sign up for um, the House of Jordans team and in, in, uh, Josh from Cardboard Chronicles. They created a website, Card Ladder. And I, I did sign up for that for the pretrial, and I've been on it uh, daily since they've been doing it. They, it's a great concept. The platform is fantastic. They have kind of a, a ladder stacking of cards that are rising um, and falling depending on sales and what's going on. And they're tracking cards movement. They're giving you uh, real-time values from not only the last 90 days, but the cards in their system, they're, they're tracking for their all-time sales, which is really cool. They have a tool where you can add your own collection and also you know, algorithms to be able to kind of help yourself predict on what you think the card's values are. The, the website is in its baby stages. Uh, they're adding cards daily. I think they're, they're adding about 50 cards a day. If you're really into basketball, uh, this is totally the website for you. They are heavily adding basketball cards. And, I, and for me, it's really helped me grow my knowledge in the basketball realm uh, and kind of soak up um, some of the information on some of these bigger cards and see where um, some of them are trending and what kind of their predictive values could be. Um, they are a little slow on the on the baseball side. I think it mostly has to do is they're they're so knowledgeable in basketball that it's easier for them to get everything in that they already uh, know well and put in that content. So. I'm excited to see where the platform goes as they continue to add more and more cards daily. It's a, it's a great concept. And I think them having this site and also, you know, Slabstock creating their site and other people are creating um, other tools for people in the hobby is just making everything within the card market that much better. The, the amount of information that we are going to be able to have and be able to consume is is really it seems like an all-time high everything is moving in the right direction and all these guys are really doing it because they love the hobby and they love um, helping other people out and bring people into the hobby so um, go check out some of those platforms um, i did mention stacking slabs I, uh, like i said brett's doing a really good job i always laugh because there's there's certain things that um you know he's buying and 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 perspectives that he's bringing up are completely different and he's kind of reeled me in a little bit into basketball because I'm I'm more uh baseball heavy right now and I I have knowledge in all sports but I just haven't been buying as much basketball and I I think if Sekou uh Dimboyu ends up being uh a superstar I think Brett might be one of the the wealthiest guys from a PC perspective because he is all in on Sekou. But he, the certain things with like Gary V coming out and talking about Duran and then he's pointing out buying other levels cards of, of Duran and that kind of gets my wheels turning on, on certain perspectives. And I've recently been buying some first year uh, Brooklyn Nets cards of his of Select which I think is a good buy and opportunity at the moment because once he comes back and if he's healthy and does well, that's something that's going to grow. But he gives a good perspective on different areas of the hobby and, and trying to stay focused amidst everybody else putting out their picks and content and everything. Um, all right, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to 
with consuming content. I think all those platforms, uh, the last the last one, uh, Sports Card Nation with John, he's really a veteran in the hobby game. I, I really like him because he's a straight shooter and he really just, he puts out his perspectives and he's he he does some great interviews and has a lot of cool people on his his podcast. He's recently been getting a lot of the Project 2020 people on there and getting their um, just kind of who they are as an artist and what their background is and how they got involved with Project 2020. And that's a cool perspective. And I'm glad he's getting these interviews in because I, I've really been interested as a collector in Project 2020. And I've enjoyed you know buying some of the cards and learning more about the people behind the cards. So uh, shout out to John on that. He's doing a great job with the interviews and I really enjoyed that. So those are those are some of the main ones that I've been consuming, and it was it was a fun fun uh, couple of weeks just being able to soak all that up and enjoy that. I I had been following all those guys before, but when you have some downtime with travel, you really get to catch up on all your episodes and things of that nature. So that was good. Let's let's move on to a little baseball talk. In my previous episode, I really discussed how the sixty game season was really going to be a great year and I think that we're going to get a, a a sprint where it's going to be pretty much playoff baseball for the duration of the the season which is going to be fantastic and it really it's going to be a nice boost for the card market and and also from a fantasy perspective there's a lot of different aspects that are going into fantasy baseball and it could make things interesting on on that front as well uh, fantasy, you know, I talked about my dynasty league that I'm in and with it being kind of a weird year, we're in a lot of discussions. I don't know if the rest of you guys play fantasy baseball or if your leagues are kind of unsure of one, what the drafts can be like, if people want to play this year, if you're going to change your format, if you play keepers, you know, are you going to extend keepers eligibility for an extra year what's the roster adjustments going to be like are you going to add um you know il uh, positions or dl positions for players that might catch covid so there's a lot of different aspects that are going on and i can tell you in my dynasty league we've been plotting a couple different ideas we haven't had anything set in stone we've already done our draft so we have our rosters but we're trying to decide we're traditionally a head-to-head league uh, throughout the season, and we're wondering if we do one year of Roto with the short season, would that make more sense just to see how the teams play out with just straight stats and um, have an overall winner at the end? A couple other ideas we've we've tossed around is actually you play two teams a week, so um, in your matchup head-to-head so that it feels more like a full season. You're playing um, against two opponents at once, and then you kind of get um, your stats from that. So there's a lot of a lot of different aspects that we're trying to figure out. And I'm sure if you're heavy into your leagues, you have a lot of that going on as well. Uh, I have a couple uh, players that I've, I've generally been talking about, um, but I wanted to throw out there as well. If you haven't drafted or if you're looking on free agency to, to keep an eye on, the main guy... And I've been talking about him since May. So I've done a couple episodes about baseball. One was early about DH possibilities. And then once they really honed in on that, 
you know, Johannes Cespedes, and now he's probably not a secret because of what has, you know, they're back on the fields. He's shown hitting home runs and everything. But if he is still out there as a free agent or you haven't drafted, he's he looks healthy. They don't have to play him in the outfield. All he has to do is swing the bat. And I think everybody knows if Jonas Cespedes is healthy, he has the potential to be one of the top-tier home run hitters and producers in baseball. So uh, if you haven't been thinking about him, if you haven't been paying attention, I've been talking about him since May. Cespedes is a great pickup. Another guy... And some of these, most of these, a couple of these guys are in the NL because of the opportunities with the DH. But I didn't talk about him previously, but Jake Lamb is an interesting guy out of Arizona. I really like what, in 2016-17, he really came out hot as a player. Uh, he hit 57 home runs in two years. He really has had two two years now after that of kind of injury-riddled seasons, kind of been in and out of the lineup, and that kind of stuck him to a platoon type role because he wasn't healthy for a full year and they couldn't run him out there but now that they have the dh role and they don't need him to be playing they don't they they don't need to force him into a position on the field they're gonna kind of run him out there and give him first cracks at the dh spot is what i think and if he is truly healthy he's someone at the back end of your draft you really need to think about he has the power potential i i really like the uh, the Diamondbacks lineup, you know, you add Marte. Um, we well, have two Martes now. You got Kettle Marte and Starling Marte. And you got a couple other uh, nice bats in that lineup as well. So check out Jake Lamb. Do some research on him. I think adding him towards the end of your draft or picking him up on waivers would, would be something good. Uh, the last two guys um, for the Phillies, Alec Baum. And he's only 22. I know he got added to the, the overall 60 man. And I know you're probably thinking, well, he's not going to be the DH. And you're right. Uh, they're going to give first crack to Jay Bruce. So, you know, Jay Bruce is going to get the opportunity. He's an interesting guy to think about. Jay Bruce traditionally isn't going to, you know, produce good numbers from an average standpoint. He's strictly a power guy. And if, if Bruce doesn't really get off to a good start, then they could play the service time game with Baum a little bit. I think it's after the first week uh, that they are eligible to not lose the year of service time. So Baum will be down uh, originally to start. But it's, it's a guy to think about for your end-of-the-year playoff push. He's a big-time power guy in the minors. He has been ascending quickly. He probably he might have been in the talks of being up this year, and the Phillies are that type of team that they're going to be a contender, I think, uh, for a playoff push. So if they can get a young, youthful bat and some energy towards the end of their run, I think Alec Baum is a nice guy to keep on your radar. He hit 21 home runs in 2019 last year in the minors, so keep an eye on him. And the last guy, Alex Verdugo. I had mentioned him months ago about picking up some of his uh, baseball cards which I still think is a good buy right now if you're you're in the sports card market. But with the trade of him coming over from uh, L.A. and he's fully healthy, he's had all this time to rest. They say he's a full go. I'm really intrigued to see what he's going to be able to do in Boston. And there's not a lot of chatter around him. I think he's kind of flying under the radar. He had some opportunities in L.A. and he did good things. He had that injury, which kind of set him back. But I think he's a guy that can really thrive in Boston. And in that market, in that division, he's going to get a lot of airtime. If he starts out hot and, and does good things, 
he could be a sneaky guy at the back end of a draft or on waivers. Take a look at Alex Verdugo. And those are kind of some of the main guys I'm looking at when you're talking about sleepers. Uh, I might do some pitchers here in some up, up and coming episodes. And then I think before the season starts, I'm also going to do some more prospecting with you guys um, from some of the teams that have the players on their 60 man rosters and kind of what that means. I did want to finish up by just going over the guys that I'm kind of, I've been focusing on this past week. If you listen to my episode uh, with baseball back, I, I really said, if you're going to buy, I would be buying last week. I think this week buying too. Once the season starts, I really see this market kind of taking off because games are being played. Guys are hitting home runs. Things are happening. If you're focusing on certain players, um, really hone in on them, buy them up. The guys that I have been going after and I've been consistent with it, Harper, he's my long-term guy. I think he's in for a good couple of years. I just bought his uh, Gold Sparkle, um, uh, BGS 9.5, his uh, rookie update. Um, I'm really excited for that card, and I've been continuing to buy him. The other two guys that I wanted to mention, Dylan Carlson. I've talked about him quite a bit. His cards are still fairly cheap. I'm seeing them start to trend up, though, as he got added to the 60-man the um, team. Look, I've been saying it all along. They're going to play Carlson. He is a switch hitter. He's going he's gonna to produce, which I hope he's going to produce. He's done great things. He's shown that he's capable of it. I'm hoping if he gets hot, you know, these cards are going to go through the roof. Uh, so look at Carlson. I think even before the season, you still got some time. I would check him out. And then my midterm, I think, I don't think you can go wrong with Soto right now. And I would look at some of his, um, his base card and his chrome are good. I mean, if you want to buy those, those are like 125, 130. I don't think you can go wrong with that. But if you can get into his gold cards right now, the 10s are going for over 1,000. Uh, like 1200 I know that is getting up there in price. I have seen the BGS 9.5s going for around 700 If you can pick up uh, one of those on top of a couple other Sotos, I think long-term he is really going to pay dividends for you. I love Soto's game. He's so young, so talented. I think the sky's the limit for this kid. And I in the buy or sell, I kind of talked about what he's um, been improving on in his tools and he's really um, improving every year on top of what it, what he's already done he's he's due for his breakout season um, it'll probably be next year because of the shortened season but he could have a big 60 game uh, stretch as well so those are those are the guys I'm really focusing on and um, I'm going to continue to buy them and then as the season goes we'll, we'll kind of see what's happening and decide where to sell or keep buying and, and go from there. But uh, I enjoyed kind of hopping back on and putting out uh, a little bit of content for you guys of what I've been doing. Go check out, uh, you know, the the other uh, podcasts and social media platforms of these guys that I mentioned before. And happy buying, happy collecting. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, thanks for joining me.